Brian, welcome to What Matters. What Matters. What's well, your name? My name is Chira Moxter. Chira Moxter. Yes. Welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you. Glad, uh, glad to be here. Yeah. How First, do you feel? Feel pretty good. Pretty good. First podcast I've ever, ever been on. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to start with you because what were we doing in Industry City? I think we were out like a Venezuelan restaurant. No, it was <laughs> it was Dominican. It was. <laughs> It was a long time ago, dude. <laughs> it was Dominican. Okay. And we were eating. It was like. It was good. Along 3rd Avenue, something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, it was, we were having this really good meal. It was like 2017. I think so. It was before that show in San Francisco. Yeah. So it was 2017. And we were having a meal, whatever. Then we were leaving the restaurant. And this old guy, I don't know how old he was. I don't know if you remember, but this old guy was like, hey, what's the podcast called? And we were like, what? He was like, you guys don't have a podcast? And he was like, no. So since then, I feel, oh, the sound's much better now. Though. Yeah, it's a, it, it might come back on. Anything. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, it's part of the situation. But yeah, he, he was like, something about a podcast or something. No? You remember? Yeah, I, re I remember it differently. I think we were sitting down and the guy had ordered some food to go. And before he walked out the door, he was just like, hey, do you guys have a podcast? I think we were talking about like something. Da Vinci or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we were like in it. But <sighs> it kind of, to me, that's like a reminder that like, you know, you're in a public space and there, you know, a lot of times people are just like listening in on your conversations. You know, it's like you got to eavesdropping. A lot of eavesdropping. You got to be careful what you say out there. You can't, you know. I remember in the early Instagram days, there was a hashtag overheard or something like that. Do you remember? Uh, no, no, I don't know. Hashtag but. overheard. And you had to put, like, you would put things that you would overhear. I think it was Twitter, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, people, it's crazy when you walk past someone in New York and they said the, the weirdest sentence next to you. They're like, what happened after and before that? Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. You know, you're sitting at a bar and you're getting real drunk with your friend and, you know, you never know. I, I, that that kind of always like makes me uneasy, you know what I mean? Because those you're like completely let your guard down and, you know, you're just unconscious that somebody like table next to you is like hearing everything that you're saying. Yeah. I feel we our memories are not that good. So even if no. you hear something good, you already changed it. Yeah. So it's, it's not that scary, but it is a little. No, no. I mean, you never know. I mean, like, I, I don't really care that much, but, you know, it's like... Wait, I was going to ask you, where did we meet? Oh, I think... Uh, I, I don't think, remember. I think, man, I this is this is how I remember it. I think I remember we're at some super, like, bro-y bar in the LES and a fight broke out. Yeah, really? I thought, like, a fight broke out and it was just, you know, some dude's yeah. chest bumping kind of. I don't think it was really that serious, but... Yeah, yeah what year was it? 20... 12, 13? Ancient history. I mean, yeah. yeah, you say you moved to New York in 2012, right? Yeah. yeah, no, 2011. 2011, okay. Probably around that time. But, yeah, uh, so yeah, we met there. And then the next time I met you, I think I came to your studio. I think so. Yeah. I was. I saw your work, and at that time you were making this silk screen. Yeah, that patterns. Was, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah. And I, I was like, these are really crazy, and I really like those works that you were making back. Then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had good time making them for sure, 
for sure. Um, but I, I think that was like, it really worked for that space because I had the whole silkscreen set up there. I mean, we had exposure units, screens, dark room, had all the squeegees. I mean, I could do all that stuff yeah. by myself in the studio. Um, that's not the case with my new space, which makes it a little But you, you don't want to use silkscreen again, or you would? I mean, yeah, if I, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I, I mean, I have like yeah, a whole body of work kind of like prepared already. Like I can, you know, just kind of continue where I left off. But I think I just hit a complete roadblock in that process without that space because then I went and I tried to outsource these things, particularly like in New York, and it was just way too expensive. Yeah, it's so crazy to do silk. And now yeah. you completely shifted and you're doing just oil paint right now. Yeah. We're in yeah. your studio exactly. in Red Hook overlooking yep. at the, what bridge is that? That's Verrazano Bridge. Uh, the what? Verrazano Bridge. Verrazano? Yeah. And that's going over to Staten Island. So we got Staten Island. We got Industry Damn. City. We got, you know, Jersey is kind of. Yeah, it's very uh, the docks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like Red Hook. This is the hook of Red Hook pretty much because you see this little parking lot thing yeah. that kind of comes out. If you look at it in a map, it looks like a little hook. When we're walking in here, I told you that it must be, even though I've never been, but it kind of gave me a feeling of Norway or something. It is. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you have yeah. Norwegian roots. Or maybe tell us, where were you born? I was born outside of Bergen, Norway, on a little island called Stord. Wait, what's it called? Stord. Stord? Yeah, so they rolled their R's, so like translated to English, it's Stord. Stord. Yeah, but pronounced Stord. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I lived there till I was seven. And in a house or yeah. in like a hospital you were born? Oh, hospital. Hospital? Hospital, yeah. So yeah. it is a big, so just a tiny, tiny island. It's a town. I mean, they got a hospital. It's yeah. pretty tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very rural. Yeah. Very rural. So I'm not I mean, familiar yeah. with the geography of Norway that much. Only I mean, if, if you look at it on the map, it's just like a southwest coast. So it's like, it's it's like a the whole country is pretty mm -hmm. much a coastline, right? And um, so, and yeah, if you look at the coastline kind of closely it's just clusters of islands yeah. kind of outside on like the north atlantic side and um, the whole biking yeah i mean it's where a lot of them came yeah. from and yeah i mean i think i think we talked about this is more you know the more kind of like the christian crusades the, that moved north kind of got into scandinavia the you know the more pagan the vikings would then get pushed further into so this into was the a, pa islands. a pagan island in a way or was it one of the early it's it's, it's hard to say conquests i mean well that's that's what i was trying to say it's like you know out, out of like the scandinavian mainland i mean this is kind of this was kind of the last for, like step in the mainland of like you know things you know denmark sweden and norway more in the inland kind of the oslo side which is east um everybody all like the pagans i'm pretty sure they all slowly got like forced further off to the coast into these small islands and then when the the crusades got all the way that that far west then they had to even go further which kind of forced them to go to iceland and to the faroe islands and um that was kind of end of the america and, well yeah yeah and <laughs> greenland yeah right yeah, yeah so do you feel how do you feel being or does it feel anything to be pagan and christian at the same time that's an interesting question. Pagan and Christian at the same time? Like, well, I, I'm, I feel I'm talking from myself being um, a descendant of indigenous people and Spanish. Yeah. So it's like one were pagans, quote unquote, and the other ones were Spanish. And I'm a mix, but still I feel connected to both. Sure. 
Sure. Um, well, I mean, I think I think a lot of things, I mean, at least from how I understand kind of the Crusades and more of like the, I think what came north was more Protestantism, Lutheranism, but, mm. you know, they all kind of appropriate the, the tradition that was there before. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, what is it? The Day of the Dead is kind of a Christian, is, is considered to be kind of a Christian holiday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But that's appropriate. That was that was more of like a pagan holiday well, in before. in the end, it's all Christianity, like Christ, even right. if it's Protestant or Catholic or whatever. Well, I mean, like, you know, for, for example, like Christmas in Scandinavia is called uh, Yule, right? Yule? Yule. J-U-L, right? J-U-L? Yeah. And uh, but it's basically the same thing, but like, you know, back in, you know, like the North Norse kind of pagan tradition that uh, that was kind of the win- winter solstice celebration to, to uh, Yule, which was uh, which was a Norse god. Right. And even though now it's a Christian holiday where we celebrate the birth of Christ, it's still called Yule. Was and that it's why still- they what people question the authenticity of Christ and why is the birth? on the day that everybody was already celebrating before or something like that well i think i think that's i mean so i don't i don't really see it that way i I see it as just like because because that's kind of what the roman empire did didn't they They, like when they when they took over a region they didn't like impose their their values and their traditions they let those people kind of carry on on their own traditions under their rule and they kind of slowly integrated their traditions over time so because they knew if they just try to like demolish these people's way of life and their customs that's not a good way to rule you know what i mean and i think you know once you know the roman empire collapsed and you know kind of transferred to the vatican i think they just basically used christianity as a similar mechanism of control and um i i but i'm not making claims of like the validity of the story (laughs) i I just i I, for for me i see kind of like a parallel of like it it was just the same mode of rule it just kind of changed faces all right so let's go back to you were seven years old Mm-hmm. And you left the island, basically, to, to go where? To another island to in, the, in the Puget Sound, uh, right outside of Seattle. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, so my dad, he uh, he got headhunted to work on a fish farm on uh, Bainbridge Island, Washington. What kind of fish? Salmon. Damn. Uh, and uh, so I think, yeah, what happened was they... Uh, Transplanted you guys over there. For sure, because I think the development of farming fish had was a little bit more advanced in Norway at that time. So, so, you have- so he had some experience that they wanted to, to bring him out and run the farm but he was an experienced fisherman or just like an yeah. engineer no he he operated he, he knew he, he knew salmon he knew salmon yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and um and so where the island not, not the island that i was born at but the island that he was born at is where they um discovered how to farm fish damn yeah like then, back in the day not that long ago man oh, yeah really? no, it's probably like in the 50s or 40s damn. like it's a very early thing but you you some sometime told me the generations of your family have been fishing they're fishing boats yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 and still still to this day my, my mm-hmm. older brother is a fisherman he's he's out in the atlantic 
Atlantic right now fishing. Yeah. Yeah. How How yeah. old is he? Uh, just turned forty. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's your only brother. Only brother. Yeah. So it's just you two now in Seattle. And how did you go from fisherman to art artist? Well, I was never a fisherman. I worked on the fishing boat when but I was a teenager. It was in your family. Yeah. Like, if you were a fisherman, that would have been good. He's doing the family business. Yeah. Well, so I mean, it kind of happened. I mean, the, the thing is that like my dad worked on a fish farm in Norway that um, it got like some kind of locust came in and just wiped out the whole thing. So that whole like the Bible. No, not like a. It, it's a. Sorry, not locust. Like it's algae. Oh. Like, <laughs> like sorry, yeah, but it just <laughs> edit that out, please. <laughs> no, algae came in and like sometimes there's like deadly algae. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no controlling it. It'll just kills all like the, the fish that are. Yeah, yeah. You can see it. You can see it basically. It like just strips all the oxygen out yeah. of the water and all the fish suffocated and um, that usually caused for from um, putting fertilizer in the ocean. I don't know. Sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe there's there's a lot of different things like boats from Southeast Asia yeah, that yeah. come up to the Atlantic. They bring all kinds of like sea lice with them, yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, which is problematic. Um, but so yeah, yeah so, so, so your so, dad was yeah that whole operation kind of it just took a hit, and then he got this opportunity to go to America, and you know ninety four is it? And ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah, yeah. We're only supposed to live in the states for two years, and, and now we, you're still here. Yeah, we. we I think we like to. He kind of he liked the job, and my mom she started going to school at Seattle University. So and we stayed. Yeah. You always were since you were a kid drawing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. always, always. You and your brother, or just you? Yeah, my brother, but I think for me, like I could always draw. Even but like I remember being good at drawing even before I moved to the states. But when I moved to the states, I uh, I started first grade and I couldn't speak English. So then drawing became kind of my means of like communicating and gathering my thoughts or just how my mom put it, it was like when I came home from school and really at first kind of struggled communicating with everybody but I would just go right to drawing and I was so just kind of communicating through images with your friends yeah. stuff like that not, not really but it was just kind of how I well, not not literally but in it, a way yeah I, th I think it was just kind of a way to I, I don't know, like I, I, struggling to communicate with people, that was just kind of a means of how I kind of vented and kind of expressed myself when I, from the lack of being able to express a language, yeah. right? So that was pretty big. That was like a, yeah, then I would just kind of lose myself in drawing. I yeah. do remember when I was a kid, I could make people laugh. Just from like a tiny drawing stuff. Like drawing? Or huh? you say you can make people laugh from through drawing? Yeah, like I could oh. draw something and then uh, be like, look. And they'd be like, oh, that's funny. And uh, you know, I was like, oh, I can do that. Right, right. Or, right. yeah, yeah, I feel at some point in your life you realize that you can, if you're good, if you're good at drawing, you can make people laugh or cry or angry just oh, yeah. with one little doodle. Yeah. So, uh, so I think like a year within us moving to the States, um, my, my grandparents came and visited me and I was, I was drawing all the time. And was your brother also drawing? Yeah, but he was, it's different. It's different. But my grandma was, was he just jealous. No, no. Huh? It's the most supportive older yeah? brother I have. Right. But, you know, uh, but, uh, my grandma asked me to draw, to, to do her portrait Damn. drawing and I just drew her, but I just made just like all these wrinkles. <laughs> Isn't and she got, say, real, like, she got real, she got real if you want to hear the truth ask a drunk or a kid yeah, yeah i feel yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah. really for sure honest and we're kids yeah yeah sometimes kids make me nervous yeah <laughs>
<laughs> well, that's the thing. They're going to tell you. It's good. They're going to they're gonna call you on your prepared. shit. Yeah. Uh, so she she got angry. See? She didn't get, she didn't get angry. But, just but she pointed it, out. She it, was just like, like oh, my God. You just, like, drew every wrinkle in my face. Like, yeah, I yeah. survived famine. I survived your grandpa for this kind of thing. Uh, no, I'm sure she was she, chill. She got forced into child labor when she was good. Yeah, Damn. yeah. Because uh, my great-grandfather, her father, died at a capsized boat. And she, she was fatherless. And, fatherless when she was seven and her and all her siblings uh basically to to make money had to had to work at like a fish processing plant so they were they were you know they had to do that so yeah i didn't know that at the time i probably would have tread a little more lightly but you know that's what i mean man you never know what people are struggling with so you just made a tiny drawing and now grandma is having nightmares basically nah she all right man she all right how super old thanks for reminding me yeah you know? yeah exactly but exactly. do you do you think there i'm really curious to know with artists or especially visual painters and sculptors and do you think there's a like an origin story kind of like spider-man like a, an ant bit you and now you can draw like something like a hit or something that happened or you always had it you just you were born and now you, you start drawing well, it's weird. I mean, like, I think, I think both, kind of. Both? Yeah. But yeah. there's this guy from Oasis. I saw this interview recently and he was like, I think it's Noel Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I might be getting it wrong, but he was like, yeah, I was a normal guy who didn't really listen to music. And then he got hit, like a kid hit him in the head with a hammer. Yeah. And he said that after that accident, he understood music and could, he was like, like people that, that speak Chinese when you get hit him in the head. So I was like, you think there is some kind of thing like that that happens to us? Um, huh. For example, you know. Sorry, Did you hear that? The cat outside? It's the studio cat. He's like crying. Let him in. Yeah. Hold on. Give me one second. Sorry. We're waiting for a cat to come through. Let the door open. What's the name of the cat? The cat's name is Gigabyte. Gigabyte? Yeah, it's not my cat. That's a cool name. Yeah, I like him. Is he's, it a... He's, a, he's a good cat, but yeah, he comes to the window and he looks at birds. Yeah. Mm. So that's so he's always he's always trying to make Always. his way in here. Yeah, well, we'll be back. I'm sure. All right. So you you think it's both? Like some, I, I think it's both. Yeah. Did no, something I, happened to you well, like that, like an accident or no? I when think, you were a kid. Well, I mean, the th- the thing was like I, I always drew when, before I came to the states. But I think my my hit to the head was kind of like the kind of alienation that I experienced like when I moved to the states and not mm. being able to yeah, to, yeah, to, to, yeah. Com- to communicate. And it's like I learned to speak yeah. English pretty good, probably within like the first year and a half. I could speak, but it's still a process, you know, still yeah. there was like, you know, those that that year of literally like, you know, almost having to speak sign language with people or, yeah, you yeah. know. That's really funny that, you know, this, the writer, uh, Fran Lebowitz. Yeah, 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 of course. But she, I saw this documentary or something that she was in. And she was talking about where this um, creativity comes from. And she has this theory that it comes from being forced to watch. Like if you're in any situation that you've been forced to watch and you kind of, like, you can't do this, but you can watch, people become very creative. Like you're seeing something happen, but you're kind of like helpless to act on it. Yeah. Kinda. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So as a kid, you may have been unable to control that part of your life, the language. So you were like, I have to control something. And then yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that. I never huh? heard that. Yeah, she's she's got some good good quotes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or there's another theory that I've entertained that is that we artists have a, an antenna. Yeah, and that you just people was like you guys are not listening to this, and it's like what is it? And only people, or not maybe only, but mostly people that are creative in the visual arts have that antenna that picks up the same way that sometimes you have the same kind of art popping up in different people at the same time. Yeah. yeah right? I mean, I, I believe that. I mean, I think, I think just, just again, I think both are true. You yeah. know, it's like you have the antenna and then you also kind of have certain, don't have to be like traumatic experiences, but experiences that just trigger yeah. things. But the antenna, I think, I think both of them kind of work simultaneously. I mean, I think one, one interesting way I've heard of it, it's like kind of remote association where it's like daydreaming where, you know, I, th I feel like the strongest images that I've produced, I didn't really have to think about it. It just kind of came, you know, it just kind of popped in my brain and all that's the one, but you know, I can't force it. It's like, it just kind of has to happen. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the question, where do ideas come from? That's a deep philosophical question. <laughs> so you were... <laughs> Metaphysics, man. Now you were in Seattle. Was uh -huh. there any early art education or you just had like normal it's like public school? Standard public school stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've always felt like... But I, I mean, I just... No apprenticeship? No. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, but you, I think I took like a drawing class from this cartoonist guy back in the day like uh my friend's dad was an illustrator um but yeah i also had like just like my friends that i had like kind of in elementary school i remember my good friends they would they could always draw too i remember you know having I mean? that kind of yeah, yeah experience yeah. too with my friends in elementary school yeah. we would draw something and then we would pass it and right. then they would draw on top of it and would pass it pass it around but yeah, with we, a few yeah we, not we, we would kind of create like you know yeah sci-fi fantasy yeah, yeah. worlds together of you know you know create our own stories yeah. but you know it was like kind of collaborative and but i feel like i mean as like a somebody who's creative i mean as a kid like that's like the best you can ask for right just having friends that you can kind of bounce bounce ideas off of. were your parents encouraging of your yeah art always 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 100 yeah yeah how yeah. much well, well, the thing like, like the thing was like, I'm, i've always been good at like drawing what i see yeah and uh it's it's funny so like before we moved to the states like me and my brother we had nintendo power magazine it was like the magazine that just kind I of remember, like, you remember nintendo so, power yeah. and like we didn't have nintendo and but so me and my brother we just sat and like just read nintendo power and i could draw the mario like perfectly and i remember i was at my dad's job down on um on bainbridge island washington and um we were just there for like the afternoon and he's he, the, the, still remembers this that i just like on the chalkboard just did like a perfect mario mario yeah 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 just like and yeah i think ever since then he was like damn like all right let's get you can draw so. and then when he came to high school like after high school yeah so i think i went through like a phase because you know like i remember kind of you know you grow up you kind of become a teenager and like a lot of the friends that you had in middle school you know you kind of like hanging out with different people and so i had like a couple years where i just i didn't draw so much were and, you uh a geek or a freak outcast bro freak yeah yeah but it's like you know i kind of like you were not a jock 
No, I kind of resent it. Even though I, I, I can hoop, man. I can hoop. <laughs> well, that, that, so, so my friend who, who he was, this kid from Texas, he moved out there and, uh, and his, uh, his good friend who went uh, from like the neighboring town, he actually went to the NBA. And, uh, and so this kid from Texas. Sonics? Uh, Sonics were killing it back then, man. Oh yeah, so like yeah, Gary, Gary was, Payton, Sean Kemp. I mean, like oh if you live in God. Seattle at that particular time, like there was like no way you weren't into basketball. Yeah, like like that. I lived that yeah. shit, and you know my dad bought a little hoop in my driveway, and yeah. So I mean, like, but but I think that's kind of like there was like a cultural thing there where my my family, you know, my parents were kind of also transitioning. They didn't like fit into that whole like american mm. soccer mom culture thing they were and, worried about the salmon kind of thing yeah they just you know our family we like our family friends we had like a couple american family friends but they were also all they were all immigrants too from that community mm. like from so argentina like a bunch of immigrants brazil people. we all kind of like stuck together out mm. there so when it came to like even though i was like pretty athletic and could like you know like i was pretty good at um baseball too but it just it, it didn't i feel like my family just never meshed with that kind of culture mm. you know that's a particular american culture your parents live in norway right now yeah so they, they never really assimilate they lived in the u.s for probably like 12 to 13 years and then they moved back back and they've been back for about 15 years now yeah so they've been back for longer than they and your brother's still out. in america no, he moved. Oh, he's he, also he there. moved back when he was seventeen to to work on the fishing boat. So well, now his, I, so his transition was rougher because he was in a he was a couple grades older uh, ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. So he came just like me, who didn't didn't speak a word of English, and you know he was Even already expected developed. to read and write, and and I think for him that was like a much colder hit because i started in first grade so i can i kind of started with everybody else right so that wasn't a problem for him he just kind of gave up at some point like high school he just didn't he just stopped going to school and started fucking off and so when he by the time he was 17 he's like yeah i'm just gonna go move to norway and become a fisherman and you know and i, th I think everybody's kind of happy did that you he, ever have that thought yeah 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 for sure Damn. for sure but I'm leave I don't behind think, all these brushes and varnishes and yeah, but I, I think I think there's a, with the fish. I think there's a part of me that like thinks that like my parents. That's not what my parents wanted from me. Yeah, yeah. You know, because all my cousins who are males in Norway, they from a young age were all groomed to be fishermen. Yeah. You know, and some of them are going to be boat captains, but everybody works on the boat, and that's like that's kind of what they do, and that's I'm what so they know. interested in. You never really see that with art like you don't see a family of artists in a way you kind of do you do no well, that, well that's the whole like nepotism baby thing. <laughs> no but i'm talking about painters like grandma painted well schnabel like, uh, julian schnabel's kids are but it's like can you consider that like yeah. you know a thing i think a lot of people i think i mean but like maybe julian schnabel's paint uh parents were not painters right that's what right. i'm talking about yeah, you know like yeah. i'm saying but i think in hollywood you I'll, can see I'll, that no, i'm talking about like fishermen kind of yeah, thing like you yeah. see sometimes or agriculture like where i grew up there was a lot of agriculture and having um cattle and it was mm -hmm. like you know it's been five generations cattle like you know mm -hmm. there's no five generation painter no but Why, but, no? but well because 
I don't know why. Well, no, 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 because those families, they're they're just trying to hold on to, to that to that wealth. That's real wealth. You know I what know, I mean? Like, like, you know, the fishing boat, I, I would say that's that's like a, it's an asset. You know, we if, want to keep that in the family. If so, Picasso's so. son became a painter and then his grandson became a painter and even yeah. they would have a different situation. But it would be a, that amount of wealth, but it would, it's kind of doesn't work like that. No. You cannot right. if you're like, oh, we've been make we've been raising cattle for two hundred years. We've been painting for two hundred years. Like this well, doesn't work. No. Picasso as the artist is the one producing uh what's valuable. Uh yeah. there it's the the cattle, the land. For my case, it's the fishing boat that pr- produces. Yeah. So it's kind of this thing that produces that you want to pass down and you want your kids to be able to manage those things as well. That's true. Yeah. So it's like you know, can't keep Picasso alive forever. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as we were talking earlier. Yeah, that exactly. When when you have a an old artist past their eighties, who is really is that person bright enough to be telling everybody what to do and what they actually want, or are they being propped up by the gallery's assistants or someone else in the family to like produce work and they don't really know what they're doing or yeah i'm wondering how sharp is like kusama right now well i mean wasn't goya like in his 70s when he produced the black painting series when he was like alone deaf in his house so it's like like, degas he went like blind or something or deaf i don't remember blind. I, I, i don't get the impression that there was somebody forcing goya to paint those black paintings or I guess, yeah, what I was saying is that there is a rumor that uh, when Picasso was in his 80s, his latest girlfriend slash well, wife, uh, Jacqueline, she was propping him up to make more paintings. And his family was like, he, she's abusing him. But maybe he was himself wanted to make all those paintings. I don't know. Like Weekend at Bernie's, that kind of thing. Yeah. All right, let's go back to then you were in Seattle. How did you end up in New York? Uh, it was art school. So you applied to yeah. Pratt? Yeah. You went to Pratt, I, I, right? Pratt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Pratt, um, exactly. And um, in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I think that kind of came from, right, so like, I think when I was like in middle school and stuff like that. So I told you my brother, he kind of like, he kind of gave up on school a little bit, right? Yeah. And so so basically, he was a couple years older than me. So all of like his friends that were all kind of on the same thing, like weed smokers, they would all go hang out at my house. You so know we're hanging I mean? out so, with the creme, the creme. Yeah. It's like, a, creme de la creme. It's like the den of thieves at my house, you know, and my, you know, my, my mom, she worked abroad for, I'd say like half the time of my, I was a so teenager. It was the chill house. It was the chill house. It was the house with no parents, kind of the anything goes house and, you know, and parties or no? Well, it was all kind of midday while my dad was at work. My dad would okay, get home okay. at like, so like before six, dad gets seven, home, yeah, and four, yeah, and then all of a sudden the garage yeah, door yeah. opens and you ah. see just swarms of kids <laughs> fucking running out of the back. Yeah, and I was like In that. Seattle? Yeah, Bainbridge Island, yeah. Damn. And uh, but but that's kind of where I kind of there was like my brother used to hang out with uh, you know the like these graffiti writers who were a couple years older than me and they were good and you know I had I had a little bit of chops too so. You know, they were always kind of like, you know, trying to make, you know, like I was kind of like the protege, you know, the young kid who had like some, some graph skills and stuff like you that. Kind of like wood, uh, Goodwill hunting. <sighs> Nah, like you but gonna get you know, out of there. it was like, you know, like, I was like, don't you ever come back here? 
I was the little, I was the little brother who they like forced to smoke weed. You oh, know what okay, I mean? Okay. And like they would just laugh like, at this me. Kid you know is, I mean? is okay. Kind of, yeah. But 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 I think I think the fact that like I could draw and I like yeah. you know I like I, I would like my graph was like okay for being like a couple years younger than they kind of like took me under their wing and the whole graffiti thing was kind of kind of kept that like flame going from so from, that was high school. Yeah, it was like middle school, high school, right? But then you went to prep. Yeah, and that that kind of had a whole thing. So like they so, told you about prep. Well, I'm, well through yeah, just the whole the whole graffiti world. Eventually, like I ran into some much older graph writers, and they had all gone to Pratt, and they were they were like really good, you know what I mean? And I was like, Wait, Damn, you I were telling me, tell me the story about when you got arrested. Which one? There's been multiple stories. I got a crazy police chase once, though. In in um, Washington or yeah, here. Uh, never, uh, but in Seattle, yeah, there was this, this one time I was coming back from a party at um, in Seattle, and I had to catch the ferry boat to uh, to Bainbridge at, at night. And we're on a bus in Seattle, and me and my friend we like scribed our tags into the window. Bus was stopped for maybe like fifteen minutes, and we we're really drunk, and we didn't know that the bus had stopped because the bus driver had called the cops two cops come uh come on the bus and my friend he he was black and the cop walked up to him he goes i want to spank you boy and my friend goes like what he got real angry you know what i mean and i like the cop grabbed him you know brought him out and 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 this this was down this was downtown seattle and the other cop he grabbed me and right as the cop and my friend got off the bus. My friend just yanked his arm free and just started running. And, and you were caught? Huh? You were caught? Well, at that moment. But then the cop who was holding me, they had these like kind of like like bike security people. They weren't cops, but they were like city security in Seattle. And the cop was holding me. He goes, the one of those guys was there. And he was like, look after this kid. And he goes and runs after my friend. And I look at one of those security guys and I was like, peace. And I just started <laughs> running. And I was running as fast as I can. And I cut down this alleyway and right behind me, a cop with the sirens full blasting is like right behind me. And I'm running as fast as I can. And I was just like, you know, I got nowhere to go. And what I did is I stopped and ran right towards the cop car, ran right past him and he couldn't turn around. So the cop, the cop had to stop and uh, the cop (laughs) jumps out of the car and is like, I'm going to get you. And he's slips and falls in this puddle and i just like yeah dude and i ran i turned the corner and i took my sweatshirt and i just threw it in a little doorway and there was kind of a lot of people walking around there so i just started walking normally that cop car went around the walk drove right past me and i thought i got away and i got down the ferry terminal and i see my friend and we're just like oh we thought we were like the fucking coolest people on earth and and there are these like these long walkways at the ferry terminal, and we're kind of like looking to see if anybody's coming. And all of a sudden, we see this guy from afar, and he's like wearing—he's straight up wearing like a SWAT SWAT getup—and he's like this big dude, and he's walking down, and we're like, chasing you. We didn't know at the time, but we're like, that doesn't—that doesn't look right. We gotta get the fuck out of here. And so there's. It's kind of hard to describe the whole situation, like the whole setup. Wait, but, were you caught or no? Well, listen, yeah. So we run out of the ferry terminal, kind of through another exit. And like we get out of the ferry terminal and right on the sidewalk, there is literally probably like 10 SWAT people. 
out, out for us. And we were kind of already running. So I kind of just ran out and I looked both ways and I was like, Oh my God. And I kept running, dude. I kept running and, and I was running underneath this like parking lot on this viaduct and I was running as fast as I could. And I looked behind me and there was like five of them. And there was this one lady who was in front and she was, she looked like T1000, man. She was like, she caught you. Well, I took a corner and I jumped under a parked car. And then all of a sudden I heard all these like, and I was like, look under every car. And all of a sudden just like an arm Damn. grabbed me and like pulled me out. And yeah, I got arrested. Wow. They caught, they caught my friend and they beat him up and they didn't arrest him. They yeah. didn't beat they, you up? They didn't beat me up. Oh they beat him God. up, but they didn't, they, they didn't. I think they, they booked him and he got picked up by his older brother. didn't press charges on Damn. Yeah, that's fucked up. But they did press charges on you? Yeah, yeah. Because you were evading arrest or what is it? No, I mean that was some racist ass shit, man. I think they just wanted they wanted to they wanted to beat beat him up and I mean they didn't want to beat me up, they just wanted wanted to book me. Yeah. So yeah, it says did you well. ever get in trouble here in New York? Yeah. Not really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got I got arrested for graffiti out here, yeah. Wait, all right, let's go back to Pratt. Yeah. yeah if you yeah. if you had to give if I was starting Pratt right now, what would you advice would you give me? Uh, know exactly what you want to do and utilize the resources as much as you can. I mean, there's some really good professors. Well, yeah, but that's know. easy to say. It's like know what you want to do. Like if you were that age, what would you tell yourself? Oh, I went in there and I guess I thought I knew what I wanted to do, but you know, you kind of all I knew then was just, you know, like I, I, I was like a mural. I wanted to kind of be a mural artist and wanted to kind of flex those skills. And by the time I was out of there, I was, didn't want to do that. I was actually trying to be an illustrator. You did graduate yeah. with a degree in illustration. Illustration, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of more or less focusing on having yeah. like a career in yeah. art. I don't know, illustration definitely. Especially, I like graduated two thousand eight, so like illustration was pretty pretty hopeless when the when the market collapsed. So, do you still use? Um, we're here in your studio, and you have these beautiful paintings over here. One, two, three, four, five, six, six paintings. Mm -hmm. Three of them I had seen before, and three of them I just saw today mm -hmm. for the first time. And so they're all kind of illustrated, right? So the question was. Do you still use anything that they taught you at Pratt when you make these? Yeah, I would say. I mean, there are certain disciplines that, yeah, that I definitely kind of still still utilize today, for sure. I mean, even though, man, I'm trying to get out of my art school style. I mean, I don't know if, like, I have. I think, I think my new stuff is, like, the biggest leap out of it yet. Um, but, yeah, just for this, the painting, the, the pattern stuff that I was doing before, that was, like fully utilizing almost like every aspect of art school in like one in one style you yeah because i had like the, i had like the mixed medium i had like yeah, the digital the print making i mean it was yeah. like oil painting it was like everything now it's just oil painting on canvas yeah what yeah. kind of gesso use acrylic gesso yeah well the, the first three that you saw last time that's a yeah, that's acrylic gesso. And then I started actually using um, uh, PVA sizing. Is new? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you can see. You started the, using it right now, or you used it before? Sorry. Um, no, I started with these with these new ones because I kind of I kind of liked how it kind of preserved. I, I kind of wanted to utilize the the texture of the canvas, and I, like I, I think I think yeah, and especially for the edges too. I kind of like the raw poly vinyl acetate. PVA? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, like I can read exactly what it is. I, I kind of forget. Oh, yeah, yeah. PVA size. Yeah. What is? What is it? Bring it over here. Bring it. It's from Gamblin. Yeah. They need to sponsor yeah, me. Gamblin, we know you're yeah. listening. Yeah, polyvinyl acetate. Poly right. Polyvinyl acetate. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, what yeah. I said. No? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what you said. So, and this holds oil and acrylic on top, right? Yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just uh, it's like a clear primer that's like very yeah. thin. Um, I like that. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you were using rabbit skin glue, and, and, my, I, and it is my pretty. Paintings I'm doing. It, it is just basically like uh, like a, a, another a kind of more synthetic rabbit, rabbit skin. skin yeah, glue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like easy. You don't have to mix it. And then, it. what kind of uh, you like uh, old Holland oil paint? Yes, I do. And right? so, and so Williamsburg. Yeah, I feel like Williamsburg and. Yeah, but the old old Holland, I, I don't know, like it's more expensive, but I do feel like you get more bang for your buck. I think yeah. it. Well, yeah, it goes a long way. It does. Say. It does. So you know, I'm. I don't really feel like I ever spend too much money on paint. Those are kind of the most prevalent. Yeah. Paints that everybody's yeah. using out there for oil, in my opinion. For sure. For right? sure. Gambling a little bit too. Yeah. Or some um, new ones. I have used both Williamsburg and. And um, I'm actually starting about or thinking about starting all paintings again myself. Yeah. So. I mean, it, for me, it just depends on like, you know, some like like I'm looking over here and this Williamsburg uh, cadmium green is like, you know, better than any green that um, Old Holland makes. Yeah. In my opinion. Williamsburg? Yeah. Better? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just for, for me, for me, yeah. I, for me, I like yeah. that green. And I think there's a lot of green in these paintings. Yeah. I can see them. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. What what kind of brushes do you use? I started using these uh, Escoda um, detail detailing brushes because I'm getting kind of more into like a like a hatching technique. So Wait, what's it called? Uh, the brand is Escoda. 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 Yeah, yeah, and, and, and they're like these round detailing brushes. What kind really of nice. bristle? Uh, what is it? Uh, I have one right here. Give me some. Badger? No. 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 <laughs> oh, it's synthetic. Yeah. Synthetic bristle. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about that. A lot of people use different, like, hog. Or, um, yeah, well, I mean, these these are... A ferret. What's these it are called? The ferret one? The uh, mink? No. There's one that's like the can, uh, something with the K. Can. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll get in the... Yeah, well, guess who was the, It's a Russian like ferret. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Which yeah. one? Why am I forgetting the name? I'm gonna I actually go. don't like read this stuff too much. I'm like, oh, this one really works for me, so I just keep buying the same thing without really paying oh, too much sable. attention. Sable. Yeah, sable's good. Sable. Um, I like sable. I like hog. Sometimes I like like the natural bristle. That I think, if I'm not mistaken, natural bristle is hog. Some of it, I don't. Know. Yeah, this this is the real fancy one. It's uh, Kalinsky. Yeah, yeah. That one. That's that's probably one of the better ones. But for me, I like. I mean, the the synthetic uh, Bristol stuff that I've been using. It just seems like they just do what I want. 
they're cheaper and they kind of last a little longer. bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very particular about my brushes and I, I think I, I do like them to be animal. Okay. I don't know why it is, but I feel always in my kind of like using the rabbit skin glue yeah. or the beeswax or the fur or anything that I use in my work. I like it to be, or the tempera, like the eggs. Yeah, 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 I like yeah, it to yeah. have some animal quality. It's interesting. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for, for me, I don't think I have the patience for that. You know what I mean? What like, got to mix that rabbit skin glue. Oh, really? You got to you gotta mix that egg in the tempura. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I want to just get going. Yeah, it's the scientist in me. That's cool, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, like I love this painting with the three... Oh, yeah, there's yeah. three women or yeah. or yeah. maybe women i don't know no they're women they're, they're women they got well they, they got they got breasts so yeah. yeah but i don't you don't you don't you don't want to say what anybody is nowadays depending yeah. on how they yeah, well i mean yeah it's another women man I'll well is your painting okay so there's three women and they're all going around sculpture yeah, it's an idol an idol in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and is that um is that sculpture in the middle that is way smaller than them, kind of like a little idol they're worshiping. Is it, is it a real thing or a shadow? Ah, great question. Because they don't have. Yeah, because they're all shadows, right? But so, not, so, so, so yeah. that, so, I mean, I can kind of explain to you where, where the concept of these, this new series the is kind of going. pictures, yeah. What is it? Well, it's um, uh, Frederick Nietzsche was, uh, he was writing, uh, he referred to. Uh, kind of like the death of God and the death of religion, but at the same time kind of said that, you know, once society loses like religion as like a system of ideas to follow, we're just going to jump to the next system of ideas. Like, you know, um, nationalism, fascism, communism, you know, there are all these new system of ideas that emerge that people then start to follow dogmatically. Right. And he refers to those, as shadows of God, right? Mm. So, so th those are just, and that's what he kind of also says that that's going to last for centuries after religion, and we're still going through it today. So, this is just my social commentary on yeah. human uh, dogmatism that kind of exists beyond like the religious realm. So that's 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 where this particular series is kind of talking about. It's interesting because now we come back full circle to the beginning. We talk about our cultural backgrounds of paganism and Christianity. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because you just replace one with the other. Right. And that's right? kind of what's that's kind of that's kind of what the series is about. Is yeah, that yeah. you know we we lose, you know, now that like Christianity is definitely on the out, you know I think it's just human nature that we kind of have to have something to replace these yeah, things, yeah. right? You cannot just eliminate. Them. And it kind of, and you can kind of see it in today's culture, especially in like politics, you know, where. Now I love it so much more though. Yeah. The, I mean, all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's so, so I showed you the drawing of uh, the sculptor and you, I'm kind of glad we're kind of going yeah. back to it. Now we're that's going back. Not, that's not the one, but you were like, why are you making a painting of a sculpture well this the sculpture is kind of like i think this is going to be like my big piece I'm i sure. love this i love this one so much yeah 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 no i, I this this idea has been lingering in my brain forever but um it, it's called the ideologue right to this explain is, it to people that are listening to this we're looking at a at an image that he drew very quickly before i got here and it's a guy sitting down a bearded man sitting down 
chiseling away as at a wooden sculpture. Yeah. And I pointed out because he, oh, Shira, I haven't seen a sculpture that you've made, but you're painting yep. a sculpture. Painting a sculpture. I'm painting as, sculptures. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. You're, but you're painting a sculptor, a yeah. person sculpting, not just the sculpture. Before you were making paintings of sculptures that I pointed out. Right, 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 right. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. you had this vase and stuff like that. But well, at the same now it would be as if I carved an image of you painting. Mm -hmm. Right, 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 right. As if a sculpture carved a painter. You're painting a sculptor. Yeah. What do you think that means? I haven't seen well, that to, in a to while. me, I mean, that's, that, I guess I didn't really think of it like that. Um, it's very meta to me. Yeah. Well, 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 the drawing is, I mean, the idea, I, I call this piece uh, the ideologue, right? So kind of back. The ideologue? Ideologue. These are the creators of ideologies, right? Because mm -hmm. if, if the ideology is now the new religion, I, I, I use these these sculptures or these idols. These are like, you know, the shadows of God. So the ideologue is then the one who is creating the shadows of God. So like these ideologies that people follow dogmatically, these are you know, obviously created by, you know, intellectuals within those are referred to ideologues. So that's basically, you know, this is the creator right here of the system of thought. So that's, that's kind of the idea behind this, this piece in particular. I, I heard recently from someone that they say the difference between boomers and millennials, I don't know if it's true, but maybe that boomers and Gen Xers, some, some degree, they are more into aesthetics and, Millennials, we are more into idealism or ideas. I don't know if it's true. Boom, man, I don't know, man. I feel like I almost think like the opposite is true. The opposite? A little bit. I mean, think well, well, the boomers, that was like, you know, that was like, uh, you know, the student revolt in the 60s the and the hippies. I mean, that was very like, like ideologically driven, was it not? I mean, that was I like. Know. I think they would, they would be more interested in being seen as hippies. Of what they released, but I don't know. I could be slapped in the I face. Don't, I don't know, man. I, I feel like that was like the one of the bigger turning points from like people going against like traditional value systems. I think that was very pivotal. Or I guess my view of it is they were putting too much into the visuals of how everything looked, including themselves and what they were doing. More now, I feel that you see millennial who looks like they. Like they're just wearing a t-shirt and jeans, but they're like behind a full ideologic, kind of like Mark Zuckerberg in a way. Like he's like hmm. more of an ideas guy than aesthetic, but I could be wrong. It's an interesting point of view. I mean, what what do you think Mark Zuckerberg's ideology is? Openness. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Privacy yeah. needs to die. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I have, yeah, I full, want to full, make full transparency. Everybody's I have a, life, full, right? a full folder of this idea that I want to make a, a show uh -huh. with just paintings of Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know how that's going to turn and if ever going to come to that. You got to you gotta make him surfing with that SPF face. Like, yeah, all of it. <laughs> you know, like being <laughs> in his dorm yeah, or yeah, yeah. in the deposition. Right, um, right. Yeah, like was... the whole thing. I feel he's a very interesting um, figure because either he's he either going to be... a ghostly expression. No, he's going to... Because he's a millennial, that's the thing. Like he's like the yeah. richest millennial. He owns like okay, yeah, two percent of all the wealth or whatever, something like that. And whoa, I feel 
sorry, I don't know what percentage they threw out, but what I was trying to say is that I I don't know how much percentage of the whole wealth millennials own, right? Like a very small amount of the entire wealth of America we own as millennials. And Mark Zuckerberg owns the most percentage of that percentage that we own. So like we own less than that, but Mark Zuckerberg, it looks like we own more because of Mark Zuckerberg, hmm. which is a problem, but we can talk about that in a different podcast, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but, I um, I so, uh, yeah. Try not to give those guys too much of my thought. Yeah, one more thing. Um, yeah, after congratulating you on these paintings and oh, thanks, man. I really love them. I appreciate that, man. Um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I hope you kind of see see the direction. Yeah, no, I just kind of excited to see. I'm I'm also kind of just excited to kind of more or less work with with a kind of a unified concept that I want to kind of carry out in, yeah. in the works to come. And I think it's something that I can identify with. And I think that's I think that just kind of kind of makes me more motivated to keep going. So so I'm yeah I'm happy like definitely appreciate that yeah i want to see where this goes and i feel that yeah if you if you start talking about nietzsche on any art show then you're gonna have something i feel yeah well the funny thing you know i i read two of his books recently and um before that i've listen to like endless amounts of like like Yale lectures on the guy of like these you know these professors just like praising this guy like he's the smartest man on earth and I, I, I admit like the guy is brilliant but when I read it for myself I gotta say like I found a lot of it distasteful like very distasteful when was this not too long ago maybe like last month yeah yeah yeah, or yeah, recently, yeah, recently. yeah, yeah. cause you know I mean like cause just like you you listen to podcasts while you work I, I mean I, I go and do audio books and you do audio books yeah and, on, and all, all his all his books are on uh, audio audio books on YouTube that would be a trip to be working to an audiobook by Nietzsche, narrated by a guy. Yeah, well, the narrators are always like very <laughs> well spoken, and you know, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that, I have no no beef on those guys. I just, yeah, there was just so funny how it is. I mean, because he's definitely like such a nuanced thinker that you know it, it could just be interpret interpreted so many different ways, right? So, you got these like yale professors talking about how he's great but then i like listen to this stuff and i'm like you know the guy's talking about like you know like the the supremacy of the aryan man and oh stuff like that God. and you're like oh yeah well, that's definitely where yeah. the nazis got it from you know they praise yeah, it's like Nietzsche, when you read you know, so. aristotle and yeah. how he depicts women and stuff like that. It's like, right. oh my God, dude. Like, yeah, yeah but yeah. the Greeks were insane. So, yeah, exactly. Like and it's like, you know, run he, into he that kind of, of, and that was just, you know, he's German around like the late 1800s. Yeah. I mean, that's like where a lot of these like super crazy, like racist ideas kind of yeah. came from, you know what I mean? Like, you know, dividing people to like black, white, yellow, brown, yeah. like that, that was all created by this like, nutbag german dude who yeah you know yeah i mean yeah that's crazy so you know and that's like i'm also i'm always kind of like generous of people from like you know over a hundred years ago it's like yeah people had different ideas back then but you know you're still you're still touching on a lot of other stuff that's that i found valid so you know i'm not gonna just just because a couple offloading things i'm not going to just like discard everything else that's doing everybody a disservice right so wait one maybe one more question i wanted to ask you or one more question i wanted to ask you 
and hopefully that you are open about it or we can edit it out. But when you paint, right, when you're actually putting the the brush to the canvas, when you're already in the zone, mm -hmm. what is the drug intake looking like? Do you have any, like... Well, it used to, it used to be pot. used to be pot. That's what you say? Yeah. Used to, used to, I would always give me like a little, little bit of boost. And it's like, it kind of just kept, kept me oh, going. Oh, here he is. Cat. Here he is. Yeah. Gigabyte is in the building. You heard <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard it, but when, so the door, cute, when, yeah. when the door was closed, he was cute. like going crazy. And there, he's that's, so cute. That's he's a, yeah. an English tuxedo cat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. James um, Bond cat. But nowadays... You have caffeine. Yeah, you know, I drink a coffee in the morning and then, but, you know. Nicotine? No. No, I, I mean, I, you know. Pills? Hell no. No pills? No. So just a coffee? Yeah, that's it. And yourself. That's, that's nice. it. Yeah, and, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I told you I, you know, I do audiobooks, but honestly, man, most times I'm just here in silence, man. Maybe you listen so, to What Matters now. The, to my own thoughts no oh what Someone matters oh yeah, yeah yeah well you got to keep you got to yeah, keep it going keep so going. yeah 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 i wanted you to be the first one have more stuff lined up more more to come so keep yeah. stay tuned we're gonna have more um i wanted to do this in the beginning for my son blinky i wanted to do a compilation of people that i knew and that he would be like oh he was friends with so-and-so or yeah I wanted to talk to that person or just to, to hear if he decides to go to pursue an artistic career, to know other artistic persons that are living and painting and drawing or whatever they do, sculpting, and yeah. they are actually here. Like we all came to be artistic through many, many things. Yeah, you were supposed to be a fisherman. I was supposed to be a doctor mm -hmm. and we're here. Right. Like what does that even mean? But yeah. hopefully someone who's young is listening to this and they will be inspired to follow their dreams even if they're told at any point that oh you shouldn't do that you shouldn't pursue art it's like yeah why not if there are people out there doing that for sure so for sure. hopefully this will help young people to i feel like you really gotta want to do it too though That's the thing. I yeah. feel many people want to do it and they just wake up and they're 60. There's a lot of discouragement elements about it. There's a lot. So, so I feel like those are the biggest hurdles as yeah. an artist is to just be able to, yeah. you got to kind of block it all out, I guess, yeah. you know, if you really want to do it, you know, I've seen too many talented people kind of just turn, turn their backs on, on art because it's just not what's kind of, it's like almost like socially un, unacceptable. It right? is. You know what I mean? The reason why I want to call this a talk show is because why is there no artist at any talk show why is there no artist going to jimmy kimmel why is george condo not being like hey i don't know do you know no but i mean even jeff coons is not allowed on jimmy kimmel right why is that true yeah i don't know, I don't know. you got a point I've, I've never seen an artist or a visual artist on a talk right? show there's plenty of musicians yeah and actors and, and writers and writers dancers. Not, not so many right i've never seen Fran level it's she's she was yeah, with Conan that's true. and all that that's true know? yeah that's very like true. David I feel like Sedaris. She, yeah i mean if you got like you know writers are usually on like shows like like bill maher or something like yeah that. like kind of but more, still no artist no 
That's, that's to me, that's they why I set up to... They don't really care about what we have to say. <laughs> I think so. I really think so. Deep down, they're like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, Just shut yeah. up. I guess. Kind of like, shut up and dribble. Shut up and paint. That's what they're telling us. <laughs> we're getting oppressed, dude. Yeah, right? we're... <laughs> I hope he doesn't. Well, yeah, I, I really wanted to do this with you. Cool, man. That was the first time. Yeah. And yeah, I hope to be back. Huh? Sick. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I had fun, man. Yeah. I'll definitely, definitely do it again. You... Yeah, we had the, the heater on, yeah, causing a little uh, sound damage, sound yeah. damage. But I feel people need to also know that's what happens when you have a studio mm-hmm. in New York and it's cold out there. There's going to be sound, aka the heater. Huh? That's central air. Yeah. But it's heat. Huh? Yeah, right now it's heat, but yeah, in, the, the in the summer it comes cold, cold colder. Oh, yeah, so cool. it's, it's all cool. so balanced. So if yeah. we do this during the summer, there'll be a cool breeze, cool, cool noise. Yeah, but yeah, man, I'm I'm really enjoying this new works. And nice. um, yeah, the brushstroke looks also a lot like Syrah. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Kind of, it kind of has that effect. Like I think, like kind of what I wanted out of this style is I wanted to um, make make uh something that looked like it was kind of in flux like there was kind of like a static kind of noisiness and nothing no hard edges and yeah i do like it yeah and i can see it as a continuation yeah. whenever we get to see your your retrospective they're gonna fit with the other ones too even yeah, i think so right? yeah 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 i, I didn't yeah. want to like turn my back on the old stuff i just kind of I guess I wanted to... Are those drawings or, or copies? Those are... Um, oh, you want, you want to see those? Wait, yeah. when, we, when we wrap up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, yeah, those are like um, just printouts of drawings that printouts I scanned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just, just for, for... All right, last, last question. What do you think is better, to be talented or to be a hard worker? One of those that I have to say both. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, God, you I mean, have to you drink, can't... like drink champs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, where's the vodka at? Um, honestly, I think hard work, man. I, I, I got to say, because I think it, talent is obviously a, a huge factor, but I think through hard work, you can you can surpass talent, I think. I, I mean, with, with art, not like if you're an NBA player. It's yeah. like, yeah, you got to have that. <laughs> I, I mean, sure, you have to work. Well, I mean, you, listen, they, they say LeBron James is like one of the hardest working athletes. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that guy is the first to show up at the gym, last to leave. So, I mean... That's why I gotta say both. You know, I really you're gonna see be, it in your work, man. I really uh, wanted to to show you appreciation, uh, to give you your flowers, huh? like drink champs too. I'm not right. Are they giving flowers and drink champs? Yeah, literally. Uh, um, next time, next time, next time. I see all the hard work, man, and yeah. just keep doing it and keep inspiring people. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks you for doing this, and of course, yeah, uh, we'll we'll have you back. Thanks, man. All right, man. All Peace. right, dude. peace, man.